together such a long, long time. And when you're near me, my heart does shine. So I've got to ask before we start. It's a question straight from my heart. Can I see one today? Oh, girl, just give me one today. I just want to see one of your titties, girl. Coming at you live from the Direct Dungeon, I'm your host, That Boy Koo, and Nikki PDB. Back again with another regular-ass episode of Carolina Kid Podcast Rewired. This episode is brought to you by Belly Button Dirt and LeBron's Hairline. <laughs> Subscribe to the Rats Challenges anywhere podcasts are downloaded. Follow on the Rod and Karen Doctrine. Leave a nice five-star review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, and I'll read it on the show. Also, leave me a voice message and donate on anchor.fm slash thatboycoot. That's anchor.fm slash D-A-T-B-O-Y-C-O-O-T. Nigga, it's episode 100, <laughs> and I have a special guest with me. You want to introduce yourself? Hey, y'all. This is Nikki PDB from the Venus in September podcast and blog. Happy to be here. And um, it's a special day for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's my birthday. Hey, turn it up. Hey. Hey, it is the birthday vacation. Spectacular. This is my girlfriend, Nikki. So. He's taken. Uh. What? Stop playing with me. <laughs> Stop playing with me. But um yeah, um this is episode 100 and I said I had a surprise for y'all. And this is that surprise. My first co-hosting episode with back. <laughs> so um yeah, as you heard before, um she will be releasing a new show, a new podcast called venus in september please be on the lookout for that please subscribe in advance and have all of your notifications turned on right now it's set up for spotify right but it's coming up soon for all other podcasting platforms um so it is your birthday and it has been what your 30th birthday now yes 30 years on the earth 30 years on earth and um, yeah, we've been chilling in the DMV. This is why you're gonna be hearing a bunch of like go-go music and shit. Like it's 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 gonna be DC is as fuck. Okay, so keep keep listening, and you're gonna hear the most ratchet ass shit, of course, as always. But um, let let's let's get started. 
so um Nicki Minaj, man. Oh, Nicki. Like, same name, unfortunately. She's the good Nicki. She's the good Nicki. But Nicki Minaj, man, she just keeps. The fuckery. The fuckery is rampant with this one. Like, I just. I, I try to, like, I've tried to, like, sidestep as much as I could, but this shit right here, the fuckery is on 10,000. So, there's an article courtesy of NBC News. <laughs> Nicki Minaj said COVID could make you impotent. Impotent. Mean, mean your dick don't work. Like, it just, <laughs> like, <sighs> we, we have came to this. We've came to this that the anti-vaxxing Literally, the anti-vaxxing call, the back signal, if you will, is, hey, your dick don't work if you take the vaccine. Like, but, but Fauci said, fuck that. He did. I got my Fauci ouchie. I got my Fauci ouchie, too, so we good. So, courtesy of NBC News, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease expert, Debunked the claim made by rapper Nicki Minaj that the COVID-19 vaccine can make men impotent. Fauci dismissed the claim as false when asked about it during an interview Tuesday on CNN. There's no evidence that it happens, nor is there any mechanistic reason to imagine that it would happen, he said. So the answer to your question is no. That nigga shut that shit down so fast. He ain't a nigga, but that nigga shut that shit down so fast. Fauci went on to talk about the dangers of vaccine misinformation, which is so rampant in the streets. Um, but there's a lot of misinformation, mostly on social media. And the only way we know to counter misinformation or mis and disinformation is to provide a lot of correct information, he said, and to essentially debunk these kinds of claims, which may be innocent on her part. I'm not blaming her for anything. But she should be thinking twice about propagating information that really has no basis. I mean, <laughs> y'all heard early on this podcast about Busta Rhymes and shit. Talking about the reason why he, you know, didn't like wearing masks. Because he couldn't do shit with his mouth to talk to women. Oh, I mean, we almost lost him before. So it's like, sir, what are your priorities? <laughs> like, nigga, nigga, what is wrong with you? Like... He want to stick your tongue out or something like that. Like, nigga, don't nobody want to, like, nigga, nigga, if you breathe right now, you might, you might catch a death. So why are you, why are you so worried about what you're doing with the ladies right now? First of all, who's checking for Busta Rhymes? <laughs> raw, raw, like a bunch of dragons. Oh, oh, who is though? Like, sir, I, as I've said before, I reviewed this album. And I wasn't too impressed. Um, I just, I know some of y'all people are like, man, but that album, no, nigga, just, just no, no, nigga, I just won't feel in it. But you know, the Starships rapper made <laughs> an erroneous statement on Monday in a series of tweets explaining why she skipped this year's Met Gala. This is why she skipped this year's Met Gala. <laughs> in one post, the rapper said. Upset she tested positive for COVID herself, told fans that she didn't want to put her baby at risk. Minaj, her husband, Kenneth Petty. We got so much shit we can say about this nigga. Oh my God, Kenneth Petty. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like just you being married to this nigga alone. Sis, blink one eye for hell. <laughs> 
it is it is it is like literally hey hey blink one eye you know for help two 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 if you really trap three if you just like hey hey i need help three three because <laughs> you gotta go like this one two three <laughs> y'all ain't see that but i blinked like three times um but yeah they welcomed their first child together last year which i was like that's a mistake but <laughs> no he is a beautiful beautiful baby that's a beautiful child i i'm not gonna put that on that baby but it's just like man with that nigga though that's my thing with that nigga though it's okay but in the third tweet the rapper shared a bizarre story about her cousin's friend in trinidad who got the vaccine and became impotent the centers for disease control and prevention says it's on its most updated information page on vaccinations that there is currently no evidence that any vaccines including covid19 vaccines cause fertility problems in women or or men so I, I'm, I'm just saying like um what what the fuck Nikki, hmm? what we doing? Is is so? You, are you just trying to hide the fact that Mr. Kenneth Petty just can't get his shit up? Hmm. Hmm. Nigga having problems in the bedroom. Nigga need to get gas station pills. Oh my gosh. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We all we all had trouble sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you're, you're hiding something, ma'am. You're, you're hiding something like a toothache. It's, it's I, I just, hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm done with this article right now, but it's just like, what else do you want us to do at this point? Like we, we, we got a vaccine and I could, I could tell you that there's no problem absolutely no problems in any departments whatsoever so you can put that shit to bed okay I, I, okay so ugh. so do better Nikki. please do better like nikki we know you're capable of better is she we would hope so <laughs> we, we would hope so Beyonce, you know, co-signed on her, so we would hope that she would be capable of better. We would. Damn. Damn. But moving on. Um. So, into tr- in true crime news. Um. So, Faith Hedgepest's tribe is thankful for an arrest, but still awaits answers. So, some of you may not be familiar with the Faith Hedgepest case. It is local to where we live. Well, we're from North Carolina. So, straight from the News and Observer, which is actually a local newspaper for us. Um, Faith Hedgepeth's murder actually reached, it was, it, it got a lot of national attention. It did. But it had, like, it literally has been going on for, what, almost 10 years now? Mm-hmm. Um, like, finding her killer, but yeah. Um, as a, for, for the background, courtesy of News and Observer, Faith Hedgepeth was a UNC sophomore when she was killed on September 7, 2012. Her murder was unsolved until September 16, 2021, when Chapel Hill police made an arrest in her case. Here are stories about Hedgepeth and the case from News and Observer and the Herald Sun. So in Tiny Hollister, which is very, very indigenous, like heavy population, a very 
dense population of indigenous folks um, of the Haliwa Saponi tribe um, has waited nine years for an arrest, still frantic over the na- their, na- their native daughter, Faith Hedgepeth, slain in her Chapel Hill apartment, the last place anyone expected violence. Yeah, if any of y'all, if y'all know about Chapel Hill, it ain't really all that much craziness like that. Um, that's debatable. <laughs> As I look at niggas, you're like, mm, no about all that. It, yeah, it do, it do be some shit that be going down there. You're right. It do be some shit. Um, but yeah, so when news broke Thursday that Chapel Hill police had charged 28-year-old man from Durham, Durham, <laughs> The tribal members who knew Hedgepeth from birth felt themselves felt themselves joyful to exhale. Um, I was absolutely blown away," said Sharon Buran. Buran, Buran. I'm 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 probably pronouncing this wrong, unfortunately. The tribe's youth services director stringing corn to make necklaces for her next culture class. Ecstatic. All we could do is thank God. It doesn't bring her back, but maybe her family slept a little better. We have never forgotten. Ah, oh, man. This is, this is just like, I, I remember watching this case on True Crime Daily, and it was just one of those cases where I was just like, man, this was just, just absolutely brutal. Yeah, it's so very sad. But even when with Miguel Enrique Salguero Olivares in custody, charged with first-degree murder, the 3,000 tribal members along with the Halifax-Warren County border feel like a nagging anxiety about the case that took so long to solve. 252, by the way. Um, <laughs> my girlfriend, 252. Um, police and North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein have released no clues about the DNA match that led to their arrest, noting that their investigation continues and urging patience while friends clamor for answers. Mm. Well, this is just, it's so much, man. It's, it's one of those cases where you, it was just someone who wouldn't hurt a fly and somehow just got inter, 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 intertwined with some craziness. Um, but yeah, yeah, and it, it's crazy. Like they still, they're still looking for answers, and like the the Hollywood Saponi tribe is very heavily in eastern North Carolina, um, and it's just something that, like, when something happens to someone of indigenous or a woman of color. You know, um, a trans woman, anybody who is of a protected class, as I like to say, is it's always it always seems like authorities tend to drag their feet on it. Um, it just seems like it's it's never solved in a way that's quick enough. You know, it just it just seems like it takes forever for things to actually get solved. It, I don't. I'm, I, I may be speculating here, but certain authorities may not be so prompt to uh, investigate certain matters when it pertains to certain people. Um, just saying. I mean, I don't want to be pointing any fingers in any direction, but uh, 
the truth is the truth. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, the evidence speaks for itself for a, to a certain point. So, you gotta go like, I mean, the shit, you know, it's a duck, you know, walk like a duck, talk like a duck, it's a damn duck. So, <sighs> sad podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know what? Let's move on to another fuck ass story. Kabaz, <laughs> it's <just> not over. Let's <laughs> just not over. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about Hillsong Church because, <laughs> oh man. So, Hillsong Church, it, Hillsong Church founder Brian Houston charged with concealing dad's sex offenses steps down from the board. Now you're familiar with Hillsong Church's music, mm-hmm. um, and how did you feel about any, like just anything like this coming from, like Hillsong Church in general? Yeah, I'm not shocked. There's a huge culture of covering up sexual assaults and molestations in you know several religious communities, not just within the Christian church. So, I mean, it's not anything. Unbelievable, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, but, yeah. I, I mean... <sighs> so, here's how the article starts off. I thought, it was an Im- I thought it was important to let our church family know in the interest of transparency. And I wanted you to hear it from me directly. Global Senior Pastor Houston shared in an email. He emailed all his entire congregation. Holy moly. Okay, so... Hillsong Church founder Brian Houston has stepped down from his position on the board ahead of his upcoming court case in Australia. Australia? What what the hell is he doing? Okay, never mind. I'm just messing with y'all. The Global Senior Pastor 67 confirmed the news in an email message to Hillsong congregants on Friday obtained by People Magazine. I also wanted to let you know that I've made a decision to step aside from my role on the Hillsong Church boards that oversee the governance of our operations. I did this so that these boards can function to their fullest capacity during this season. This doesn't change my role as global senior pastor. It should. It should. I thought it was important to let our church family know in the interest of transparency, I wanted you to hear from me directly. He wrote, oh... It's about to be some fuck shit. All right, so <laughs> Hillsong Church provided no further comment to People magazine. Houston has been accused of covering up abuse allegations against his father, late preacher Frank Houston. People previously confirmed Australian authorities began investigating the Hillsong founder in 2019 after reporting, reporting a 67-year-old man had knowingly concealed information relating to child sexual offenses according to an august police state what the fuck okay they doing weird shit over there between rules all right so <laughs> i'm terrible police w- will allege in court houston knew information relating to the sexual abuse of a young male in the 1970s 
and failed to bring that information to the attention of police. The statement continued. He is expected in a Sydney court on October 5th. This is about to be on court TV. In a previous <laughs> in a previous statement to the Associated Press, Houston said the charges have come as a shock to me. I vehemently profess my innocence and I will defend these that's what all that's what they all say, everybody. That's what they all say, R. Kelly. <laughs> that's what they all say. Like, you y'all believe this shit? Hmm. 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 Congregation, you you part of Hillsong Congregation? Cause if you are, I I, I don't think you believe this shit. I, I don't th- I don't think you do. <laughs> the worst part is the father passed away in 2004, so there's no way that he will be able to receive any type of punishment for the pain that he inflicted upon this young boy in the seventh. Goodness gracious. So, yep. Australian officials contended in or contended in 2015 that Hillsong leaders became aware of the allegations in 1999, but did not share information with police. What the fuck? Okay, so Frank Houston later confessed to the abuse allegations prior to his death in 2004 at age 82. So, hmm. You know what I said in the last article? There's a trend. <laughs> and, and it's worldwide. So, I mean, hey. And 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 what happens a lot with um, organizations like, you know, um, especially dealing with churches. It's more specifically in America, because there's that separation of church and state. And a lot of times they don't want to pursue certain matters that are a bit, they would consider a bit dicey. But this is Australia. Like, nigga, I I don't know. I don't know, man. This, the power that they have sometimes is absolutely like, it's, it just makes you want to shake your head. Like, you just like, nigga, really? Really? The police are just like, yeah, we. We, we didn't we didn't really um what what was oh two thousand yeah we we yeah we sealed the file uh huh like the fuck money talks. <laughs> money talks man goodness gracious all right so we in twenty one minutes and um gonna take a quick break y'all we'll be right back. <laughs> we back um so 
let's jump right into it. This, this shit's sad too. Like, sad podcast again. I'm sorry, nigga. I'm depressing the fuck out of y'all, but the world be in some fuck shit over and over again. Which, which won't be do, nigga. I'll be, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. That's cool. It's supposed to be my birthday. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm really trying. But shit be sad out here, bro. Yeah. U.S. to expel Haitians from border. Because, you know, Haiti don't. Y'all don't ever give Haiti a break. Haiti be trying to just be living out here. Okay? They, like, Dominicans, even on the same island, be like, nah, mm-mm, no. Mm, we don't like y'all. Like that's ex- like, and I know Dominicans gonna hate me for that shit, but it's the truth. Y'all be treating Haitians so bad. Haitians be like, man, I'm just we just got hit by a big ass hurricane. We just trying to make it. Y'all just y'all trying to like completely massacre us. We just trying to go from one place to another because our, our house got flooded. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all don't be giving no fucks. So courtesy of WRAL, Del Rio, Texas. The Biden administration plans the wide-scale expulsion of Haitian migrants from a small Texas border city by putting them on flights to Haiti starting Sunday. Yes, yes, you heard right, Biden. (sighs) Representing a swift and dramatic response to the thousands of people who suddenly crossed the border from Mexico and gathered under and around a bridge. Details are yet to be finalized, but will likely involve five to eight flights a day. According to the official with direct knowledge of the plans, who was not authorized to discuss the matter publicly and spoke to the Associated Press on condition of anonymity. Because he's like, I got snitch, y'all. I got, I got snitch. This, this, this is bullshit. So um, San Antonio, the nearest major city, may be among the departure cities. Um, another administration official speaking on condition of anonymity y'all they said i'm snitching but i'm not snitching i'm not snitching (laughs) no so they were like i'm still gonna snitch but y'all not gonna know who i am so um but yeah um you know they expected two flights a day at most and said all migrants would be tested for COVID 19. u.s authorities closed traffic to vehicles and pedestrians in both directions at the only border crossing in del rio texas after chaos unfolded friday and presented the administration with a new immediate challenge as it tries to manage large numbers of asylum seekers asylum seekers is the that's probably the best description of what's going on here asylum seekers who have been reaching u.s soil so it's weird because I'm just gonna say something like a truism, like something Barack Obama did do during his presidency um, was deport a lot of people. That is true. You know, that's one that's one gripe I did have with Barack Obama. He did deport a lot of people, and the thing is. It's more than other Republican presidents at times. It's that's the crazy thing. Um, so the weird thing is, I'm not that surprised that Bi- the Biden administration is doing that, right? I'm, I'm not that surprised. Um, but it's still sad, you know, um, because it seems like Haitians cannot catch the break out here, bro. Like uh, the Border Protection Agency, to me, 
is one of the most racist ass, like, honestly, divisions of the government as far as when it comes to the goings on of any, what, I guess, national security of any kind, right? So, um, they tend to just really exclude by force. Just get rid of people like, hey, you Haitian, aren't you? No, no, get out of here. Like, that's literally how it seems. But, um, yeah, uh, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection said it was closing the border crossing with Ciudad Acuna, Mexico, to respond to urgent safety and security needs. Um, travelers were being directed to Eagle Pass, Texas, 57 miles away. So, Haitians crossing to the Rio Grande, which... Honestly, anybody who's like immigrating, you know, that that's like the first place everybody goes to, you know, the Rio Grande, and they they try they be trying to like crack down on folks. It's really fucked up though. Did you see the number of people that were there? About thirteen thousand, I believe. Um, so that is a shit ton. Was it thirteen thousand seven hundred? A crowd of thirteen thousand seven hundred. That is. What in the what? Like I'm looking at pictures right now. I'm just like, it's tense out there. It's it's black folk out here struggling, bro. And they just letting them just like, just just leaving them out there to die. Bruh. And remember, COVID is still a thing. COVID's still a thing while this is all happening. So many people in such a small area of space. They said about 500 Haitians were ordered off buses by Mexican immigration authorities in the state of Tamaulipas, about 120 miles south of the Texas border. The state government said in the news release Friday, they continued toward the border on foot. Man, this is just disgusting. Like... The Haitian people alone. Like, like, what? What do y'all want? (laughs) Haitian folks literally like, hey man, we just want a better life. But I feel like when other people do it, they're like, yeah, 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 you can come right this way. Everybody else, they're like, what the fuck you? What the fuck you think you doing? Like, it's literally the way they treat. It's because they're darker. They're darker folks. They black. They black. Did Andre 3000 say, why is it people of darker complexion suffer most? Bruh. Mmm. Mmm. I'm telling you. So, hey. We're going to come back to this. Because Haitian folks just never, never get no love. So, next article. It gets happy now. Happy podcast. Yay. Yay. Dan Price, CEO of Gravity Payments, on why giving employees $70,000 minimum salary works, courtesy of CBS News. So, it was six years ago when Dan Price raised the salary of everyone at his Seattle-based credit card processing company, Gravity Payments, to at least $70,000 a year. Nigga, $70,000 a year starting out. Just, just like, nigga, just imagine, like, the people who work on the bottom floor of every, like, building starting at $70,000. Just, just imagine that. 
Like, I know people that make at least a fraction of that, and they are busting their asses. But I digress. Um, <laughs> Price slashed his own salary by one million dollars to be able to give his employees a pay raise. He was hailed a hero by some and met with predictions of bankruptcy from his critics because they all be like, you know, oh, it's, it's no way possible. You, you, you can just cut your own salary and give everyone else money. And they'll, they'll keep working for you. You know, y'all motherfuckers got people turning over every day at y'all companies. Like Howard Schultz, Starbucks. That motherfucker, like, imagine how many baristas were baristas last year, but not baristas this year, and maybe even way before COVID were like, hey, I'm not a barista for the rest of my life. Like, it just, it, things change because, I mean, let's be honest, how much a barista gets paid is not $70,000 a year. Pay people a livable wage. Bottom line, bottom line, <laughs> livable wage. How much your rent? Whatever, whatever that is, you be, you should be getting paid at least three times that much a month and then some. Like, and that's that's after taxes. Fuck it. I, I was gonna say before taxes, but no, I mean after taxes because y'all be tripping. So um, carry on. Um, <laughs> this is not happened. Instead, the company is thriving. So. You've almost doubled the number of employees, CBS News Carter Evans asked. Yeah, Price replied. He said his company has tripled and he is still paying his employees $70,000 a year. How much do you make? Asked Evans. I make $70,000 a year. <laughs> but no, no CEO wants to pay themselves the same amount as the minimum, right? No, no CEO wants to do that because they're like, I could be making all this damn money. Make so much money, man. You know, I would be richer than 10 million and eat my fucking right next to me, man. But ain't nobody. <laughs> this is like, I mean, and and it seems like he's doing fine. Like, y'all, like, well, he's a ple uh, what plebeian, what the peasant he is, he. Like, I mean, how dare he pay all of his workers at least $70,000 a year when. You know, instead, he can pay them poverty wages where some of them actually have to live in their cars. Exactly. I mean, look at look at the entire state of California. Like, living in your car is normal. Like, me and Nikki watch van life videos where people are literally, they literally have converted their cars into their living spaces and workspaces and also their transportation. And so it's like that that is becoming a norm just for that fact because buying a house has increasingly become something something that is even more impossible by the minute so meanwhile ceos of certain companies i won't sell you any names can take rocket ships to space just for the hell of it jeff bezos yes excuse me <clears throat> but um <laughs> And, and and by the way, um, my man Richard Branson, we, we 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 love you, my guy. Um, you 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 are you are the shit. But, but still, still, like the fact that he can do that is still a problem. Right. So, but yeah, like 
with Price is saying like, hey, to pay his own bills, Price downsized his life, sold the second home he owned. He owned two houses. People can't even get one. He was like, fuck that shit. I don't need two houses. What the fuck I got to do with two houses? I'm not even going to be living two houses with one person. You can only live in one house at a time. You know. So, he said, financial experts believe that Price's decision was a big risk. It, it, of course it is. Like, downsizing tremendously and having to change your lifestyle is, of course that's not going to be easy initially, but people, let's be honest, that's a livable wage for a lot of people in the U.S. In a lot of places. In a whole lot of places. So it doesn't go against what people expect and what we usually see in terms of corporations and companies, said Andrew Haffenbrock. Haffenbrock. Uh, <laughs> assistant professor of management and organization at the Foster School of Business, University of Washington, Seattle. According to the Economy or the Economic Policy Institute, the EPI, average CEO compensation is 320 times more than the salaries of the typical workers. Nigga, why? Why? It's literally like person at the bottom, shit person at the top so much money they don't know what to do with it like this is this is such a like economic disparity has been something that has widened much more in america but even in other countries even in other countries it's even more spread out but in our capitalistic society it is widening at a alarming rate like you shouldn't be having hundreds of billions of dollars and not paying taxes. Jeff Bezos. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, this shows that this isn't the only way for a company to be successful and profitable, Hafenbrick said. Do you pay for what you can get away with? Or do you pay what you think is ideal or reasonable or fair, Jeff Bezos? So, <laughs> And it's not just Jeff, y'all. <laughs> it's so many, but he is the one that makes me go like, you... You weird eye looking motherfucker. All right, so, okay, so um, <laughs> just even thinking about those messages he sent to his mistress just makes my skin crawl. Oh my gosh! And his ex-wife, bless her, giving all this money to HBCUs. I guess. Only but so much though. So <laughs> she keeps giving money to HBCUs. And I'm like, okay, all right. But this shows that this isn't only. Uh, okay, so I've said this. Before. But Price said, despite the success his company has had with the policy, he wishes other companies would follow suit. I mean, don't we want all these companies to be doing at least something like this? Because it's greed. That's that's the number one thing here. It's just greed. It's not necessarily like, hey, you know, we need to make sure our profit margins are doing well this quarter. No, nigga, your CEO is paying himself too much fucking money his workers are not making enough to even put food on the table let's be real he would just give up a little bit of his salary and just distribute that to each person we would be fine and of course most companies are having issues with and it's definitely being seen more during the pandemic time that they're having issues with employee retention and so, of course, if you're underpaying employees, they're going to be, you know, way less likely to stay on with the company. However, when you give an employee an equitable wage, they're more likely to stay on and, you know, help improve your business. Absolutely. And the workers are going to want to keep working for you. So that means more things will get done on top of that. It's just 
it just kind of it's a beautiful cycle if you pay your workers more they're more willing to stay they're not this is why we're dealing with the great you know great resignation the great resignation is due to wages being shitty in america and a lot of people either dealing with what the unemployment benefits were so damn good during the pandemic that they were like what the fuck i gotta leave right now like being on unemployment just paying so well like my job pays so shitty like unemployment doing better than the damn job like <laughs> this is why you're seeing like we're hiring everywhere we go like everywhere we've been like here in dc everybody's like we're hiring like nobody is not hiring <laughs> at this point it's because the wages for these jobs are so terrible they do not meet the actual demand of the job so however what a lot of companies are doing is that now they're seeing the importance of paying people more money and paying people what they're worth so now that they've lost employees they're throwing out incentives to try to recruit more individuals but why not just pay the people that you already have with your company insert dan price you know, it's just like guys like guys like Dan Price. He's not doing anything that nobody hasn't thought thought of before. He's just doing it. You know, he's just doing it. And he's like, hey, they're, they're, now they're making a case study out of this guy because they're like, wait a minute, he's actually doing something that you know that's actually beneficial to his employees. Oh, I thought he would fail. He's doing pretty good. He's doing pretty good, and they're always doing specials on this guy. Got to keep a good lookout on this guy. But um, yeah, like. Yeah, um, <laughs> dude just, he's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to pay my people. So um, on to the last story for today. Um, let's talk about the story of one of my favorite jerk chicken spots. Since we're in the DMV, um, Just Jerk in Atlanta, Maryland. Um, one of my favorite jerk chicken spots, just period. <laughs> um, this is a really old article, by the way. This article is like eight years old, but I really just have to talk about it. Like when I lived here, um, that place was a great spot. I don't know why I ate lunch there. Why I eat lunch there? I came back with the items every day when I ate there. I was just like, like their lunch is so massive. But after work, I'd be like, let me just get like, let me get this beef patty real quick. No, get me like the full, like I, they full meals are so good. Oh, like nigga, you haven't had it, but man, it's so good. So even before I took my first bite at Just Jerk, I had a semi-irritational premonition about this Jamaican takeout joint in Lanham. The omen, you could say, was written in the sky, and this is courtesy of Washington Post, of course. Billowing from a big metal exhaust vent atop the building, because it's like a little Jamaican hut, itself painted in vibrant shades of green and yellow to summon the tropical verdancy of Jamaica, verdancy of Jamaica, was the source of my growing affection. Vast amounts of smoke, the huff and puff of vented smoke filled the air and filled me with hope that Just Jerk might actually grill its birds. Unlike so many shacks satisfied to serve up plates of baked jerk chicken. Nigga, I, th that shit happened in PG County when I went to another spot. It was like a jerk chicken spot in Glenarda. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> it's like, you ate this 
It was right next to the Wegmans. I was like, me, me and my coworker, we was like, this is not real. This is, it, they literally just put that shit, like charred it and said, it's jerk. It, it's jerk chicken. Like it was, bleh. but it was, and it was actually like two people who were Jamaican that were in there. It was like, is it good? And they were looking at it like, Ugh. they had the stank face. They were like, what, why, why is it so good? No. Oh, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's like, it, it was a terrible spot. I don't even know if it's still here now, but just jerk. Mutinous. Mutinous. But yeah, um, they use pimento wood like on their grill like they do back in Jamaica. And it's literally like it's in the name, just jerk. But it was a it was a moment like that for me. Pulled together many of the elements that make food scouting such a joy. It it combined the thrill of the hunt. The shack is hidden amongst a twisted pretzel of streets in Maryland. Off of what is it? What is it? Three, what is it? 210, I believe. Four, three, ten. 301. Nope, not 301. 310. Something like that. The tingling discomfort of venturing beyond one's cultural comfort zone. I'm probably saying the wrong street, but y'all, y'all know. And the delight of biting into something satisfying that you can't wait to tell others. When I pulled the lid off my first order of dark meat chicken, I was sitting in the car because the place provides metal folding chairs for waiting customers only. By the way, when I went there, it was standing room only. You you don't get to sit in there. You get your food, get the fuck out. You <laughs> that's just jerk. They like you get your jerk chicken, you get the fuck out. That <laughs> ain't no sitting in here. That, that's why they've probably done good during the pandemic because they didn't have patrons inside they were like nah you ain't sitting here like you wait we give you a folding chair but that's it so as if the chicken didn't stimulate my brain's pleasure center enough i grabbed a plastic fork and dug into the rice and beans buried under my bird i was alone at the time and i remember uttering the words oh god <laughs> to no one in particular that's how i felt when i ate that chicken bro i was just like oh god oh my god but perhaps to the creator himself as a kind of heathen thanks for these starchy morsels lacquered with meat juices and jerk seasonings. This sounds like sex, but <laughs> this sounds like sex, doesn't it? What genius, I wondered, was behind just jerk? My initial phone messages resulted in zero callbacks. I decided to show up at Just Jerk and identify myself to co-owner Philip Ajaj. This place was too good to allow it to slip through my fingers. Like some restaurants I try to spotlight in this column. Ajaj, I should note, is not Jamaican. He's American born in Northwest Washington. Nigga! Okay, so I've written about this phenomenon before. The outsider's fascination from another, from, for another's cuisine. Whether Frenchman Michel Richard's love for American fried chicken or Spaniards Jose Andres' affections for Americans' lost culinary history. Ajaj and his business partner, Pierre Stone, were for years traveling reggae musicians. That's where the connection comes from. Um, 
bouncing from bands to bands, country to country, between beats, the bass toting Ajaj felt hard for Jamaican culture. When the day came, as it does for many musicians toiling in the trenches, to secure a job with more stability than what the music business can provide, Ajaj enrolled in l'Académie de Cuisine and launched a second parapetic life in the restaurant industry. He bounced around a number of restaurants, including Jackie's in Silver Spring and the now shuttered Felix Adams Morgan before Just Jerk opened in 2006 and Lanham, where he is settled. Lanham Seabrook, man. Wow. That's crazy. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, Homeboy was not Jama Jamaican. That's was not Jamaican. I thought, but th when I went there, the cooks were Jamaican. Okay, that's the important part. So that's the difference. And I was at first like, wait, hmm, what? Hmm, what, 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 what did you say now? But best believe they like they really, really Jamaican. So <laughs> like really, really Jamaican. So um, but best believe, best believe. It's real Jamaicans back there cooking this. And this is some of the best jerk chicken I've ever had in my life. So, pimento wood, too. Like, if it ain't cooked on pimento wood, it's not the most authentic, but it still can be authentic. And, um, yeah, that is the show. Um, please check out Nikki's podcast. Please check out Nikki's podcast coming on September 28th, Venus in September. And um, you will hear her on more episodes in the coming months, of course, with this show. But please look out for her. I may even, who knows, I may even have an appearance or two, who knows. So um, on that note, support black businesses. And as always. It's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Stay.